Okay, we are wrapping up this series, which was the January series, which is called Fresh, because we are talking about uh, a fresh start and also just learning to be better, learning to uh, not just improve. One of the things I've talked about in the past is I'm not a big fan of New Year's resolutions, not because I don't think it's good for people to have goals or dreams or try to change, but because we usually make these huge uh, outlandish resolutions, like I'm going to gain... 300 pounds of muscle by February 1st, or I'm going, exactly, or I'm going to uh, become the greatest long distance runner in the history of time, or I'm going to memorize every song in Chicago's uh, song list, or whatever, and, and we come up with this, and then when we fall short, because it's impossible to reach these things, we quit, like if you go to a gym the first couple weeks of January, it's like super packed, but then like the third and fourth week, there's pretty much no one there, uh, because people set these really high things, like I'm going to go to the gym three times a day every day, instead of just saying I'm going to try to eat better, I'm going to try to do better uh, health-wise, I'm going to try to work out more, etc. All of those things are okay, but resolutions we make so big. So I'm not a fan of those. I am a fan of learning to do better. Um, and so in this series, we've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit and just how important it is to accept them, to grow in them, to understand that we all can do better with this. Even the best person in the world can do better with this. And so we talked about humanity uh, just in general and about Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee and who easily Jesus could have been like, dude, you're a Pharisee. I don't want to talk to you. I have nothing to say to you. You just walk around. You make fun of me. You talk about me. Get your life right and then come and listen. Instead, he just shows him patience and he shows him uh, kindness and he shows him gentleness. Uh, he tells him the truth, but he does it in a kind, gentle, patient way. And those are, those are part of the fruit of the Spirit, but they're also things we can all work on, things that we can all do better with, things that we can all uh, just try. And one of the things we tend to do is along with New Year's resolutions, we're like, well, I've decided I'm going to be more patient, but then we don't do anything to become more patient. We just expect it to happen because we said it, and that's not how it works. And Jesus shows us it takes actually doing it, actually trying, actually helping people. Um, we also talked about uh, the Good Samaritan, the parable of the Good Samaritan, and how the priest and the temple assistant both walked by uh, this Jewish guy who was maybe even in their church, walked by him, he had been mugged, he had been hurt, he was almost dead, and they just walked by because they were too busy, or they had something else to do, or they were afraid they'd get jumped to, whatever the reason. And then a Samaritan who they hated, uh, and who this person would have hated, stopped and helped him. Not because uh, of any reason other than he thought it was the right thing to do, because he knew this guy probably wouldn't even thank him. But he showed that he lives joy, not caring what other people think about him, but he has this inside, uh, I love Jesus, Jesus loves me feeling, which is what joy is. And he showed generosity, not just with money by paying for the, the repairs the guy need, but also um, by being helpful, by giving his time. And then he showed faithfulness to who he is. Um, because a lot of times we're like, well, I would help anybody in the world except for this person, or I uh, would be nice to everybody in the world except this person. But we have to be who we are. We have to show faithfulness to that. We have to uh, try to always be that, regardless of whether we're at church, at school, at band, at uh, whatever else we do. Like, we should always be ourselves. Um, this week we're going to wrap up with the last three fruit. I'm going to read, though, from Galatians, which is all of them, and we're going to talk about the Infinity War. Not the one from comics, but the actual Infinity War that we face um, with these things, although I can talk about the one in comics later. Um, so Galatians five sixteen through 26. So I say, this is Paul writing, 
let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. So when I first started going to church, I was two, and my great-grandma made sure I was there every time the church doors were open. Sunday, Wednesday, uh, VBS, um, we'd have revivals, we'd have indoor camp meetings, like whatever it was, I was there every single time, so I grew up in the church. And because of that, uh, and because I was raised by mostly strict older people, uh, and it wasn't like I lived in an old neighborhood, so it's not like there were a lot of people, I was basically I was basically a home person, I, I would... I would uh, read, I would stay home, I would, yes, I would do all kinds of things, uh, but I went to church, I did well in school, I did all of these things, and so I came to uh, Jesus early, like I came to Christianity early, I was kind of always raised to be a Christian, uh, and so when I prayed for it, when I went to the altar, I was very young, but I saw it differently than I do now, I saw it as a, uh, almost a checklist thing, like it's a thing, this is what you don't do. What separates Christians from others is what you don't do. And that's how I saw it. That's um, what Paul is talking about here by the law of Moses is that's what a lot of people see it by. That's what a lot of people saw it by. It's you follow the law. You do what you're supposed to do. You don't do what you're not supposed to do. And that's that. That's not as simple as that, though, because what Jesus did and what Paul is talking about here is it's about a change in your heart. It's about love. It's about loving God, loving others. It's about having the fruit of the Spirit. It's about understanding that no matter how long you're a Christian, no matter how good a person you are, you're still going to feel temptation towards sin. Every single person in the entire world, the greatest pastor, the greatest Christian, anybody you can think of, feels temptation towards sin. Jesus even felt temptation. Um, feeling temptation is not a bad thing. It's not a sin in itself. It's just something that we feel. And Paul here talks about the two natures. That's the infinity war, because you're always going to have that. Um, sometimes we kind of think and we kind of treat other people as if, well, you become a Christian, then it's done. Like, you don't have to worry about it anymore. Like, you go to church and you tithe and you do all the stuff you're supposed to do, so you don't have to worry about sin anymore. It's good. You're, you've defeated it. You won. You beat the final boss. You made it through the final levels. Like, you're, you're good. Bowser, you, the princess is in this castle. Like, you're good to go. Uh, that's not how it works. Now, the more you're in church, the closer you are to Jesus, the more you feel that and the more you're able to withstand temptation. But even if you're a Christian from like age two to age 99, at age 99, you still feel temptation towards sin because we have that constant nature. Human nature is wanting to be selfish. Human nature is wanting to make things easier for ourselves. It's wanting to get what we want. Again, as you get closer to Jesus, you get better at uh, dealing with those temptations. You get better at not giving in, but you still will feel them from time to time. And Paul here is saying, it's not about the checklist. It's not about, oh no, I've done good this many times and bad this many times, so I win. It's about just doing your best every day and trying every day to have good intentions, trying every day to not follow the human nature, but follow the Spirit's nature, uh, which is what we're talking about with the fruit of the Spirit. And so his next part here, um, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. One of the things we also do as Christians, especially when we've been in the church a long time, is we kind of rate sin according to what 
we deal with or what we think is the worst or what we think is the worst appearing or whatever else. And so we have this list in our head where, like, murder obviously is the worst. So Micah murdered that person in uh, 2019, and so he can never get better than that. Like, he, he might as well be a Baltimore Raven. Like, he, that's where murderers go. Like, he can never do better than that. Um, but, the, oh, well, over here, Adam, he stole something. Uh, from the bank, like a gold bar, and he got away with it, that's bad, but it's not murder, so Adam's okay. Like, Adam, we can let him in. And we do stuff like that, and we do it with a lot of sins, and sometimes different sins are political, and uh, different things are political, and different things we disagree with, but they're not sins because we just don't understand them, and all of this stuff goes on in our heads, and so we have this rating system just like we have a checklist system. And Paul here is listing different kinds. He's not listing specific sins, but he's basically saying this is human nature. Like, human nature is all of these things. Human nature is to want short-term happiness. It's to want what you want right now. It's to want to have to give in to the temptation. And he's like, if you live that way, you're not going to inherit. Again, he's not saying if you do this sin but not this sin, you're good to go. If you don't do this sin, then you're never you're, you're going to be okay. He's like, just period. If you give your heart to something that's not Jesus, that's not how it works. It goes back to what Jesus said when he talked about love of money. He didn't say money was evil. He said if money is the number one thing in your life, then you're never going to make it to heaven because you're always going to be looking for money. You're not going to be trying to be like Jesus. You're going to be putting everything into the money basket and ignoring the Jesus basket. Anything else works that way. I talk about identity a lot. Anything else works that way. Um, all of you in this room right now are in band, and band is awesome. Like, I'm a big fan of marching band, and I'm a big fan of all of that stuff, and I, I think it's a really cool thing to do. I like the trips, I like the concerts, I like the competitions, and I like the challenging chairs, and I like the idea of all of that. I'm not an, a band person, like I can't play those instruments, but I think it's cool. But if you define yourself as, I am a band person, I am a trumpet player, I am a trombone player, I am a saxophone player, I am a guitar player, I am a musician, I am whatever, um, then eventually that's going to break. Like eventually you're not going to be able to do that. Maybe you can do it in your free time. The odds are pretty high against any of you doing it professionally for your entire lives. Uh, and so if you identify yourself as that and that's who you are, when that breaks, then who are you? Uh, same thing with sports, same thing with being a father, same thing with being a son, with being a daughter, with being a boyfriend, with being a girlfriend, with being uh, even a pastor or a teacher or things that are good. All of these things are good. If you define yourself as that, then who are you at the end? Uh, one of the things that I talk about a lot is how Michael Jordan is obviously the greatest basketball player of all time. It's not even close, and some people in your generation have these weird ideas. But regardless, Jordan put everything into basketball. Like, he built his life around basketball, and he had an amazingly successful career. And yet his marriage fell apart. Uh, I don't know what his relationship with is with his kids. It's probably okay now, but I'm sure that it was strained because everything was basketball. Tom Brady, same thing. Like, he's widely thought of as the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, everything for his entire career was into football. Literally, he would go to bed at like 8.30, wake up at like 5.30, and everything in between those times was football, football, football. And so his family and his marriage took a back seat. He lost his marriage. Both of them are thought of as greatest, either the greatest or one of the greatest. Both of them are in the Hall of Fame. Both of them are super famous. Both of them are super rich. Both of them lost their marriages and a lot of things in their family, and it's not an accident because they identified themselves as an athlete, as great. They identified themselves as that. For their careers, it worked out. But even Brady, who played a really long time to 45, uh, he's still got like 45 years left of life to try to figure out who he is. And that's what happens even with the smaller term things. Like if you're like, well, uh, I am a boyfriend. 
and that's who I am. Like, I, I want to be in this relationship. I identify myself as that. Most relationships, they're either going to end in marriage or breaking up. Like, there's no in-between, really, there. And so uh, if you're eventually going to break up or, you know, worst case scenario, let's say you get married and down the line they die first, eventually you're not going to be a husband. And so you identify yourself as that, then you lose that. And who are you? If you identify yourself as a good student, eventually you're out of school. If you identify yourself as a teacher, eventually you stop teaching. If you identify yourself as a parent, eventually the kid's out of the house and you still can be a parent, but it's not the same thing. The only thing that stays, the only thing that stays true is if you identify yourself as someone Jesus loves, is trying to be like Jesus. And that's what Paul is talking about here. He's like, sin is all over the place. And he says, and many more, because he could list millions and millions and millions of sins. And he could list something where some people are like, I don't have a problem with that. That's cool. But then they'd hit something else and they're like, oh, wait, we can't talk about that. Um, And so because we're much more understanding of things that we struggle with and not what other people struggle with. And Paul's like, it's not about that. It's not about the sin. It's about giving yourself to Jesus and identifying yourself as a child of God. It's about identifying yourself as trying to follow these fruit of the spirit. So let's go to the last part, which talks about that. Um. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another." Um, this week we talked about the other six of the fruit of the spirit and that leaves love, self-control and peace. And I grouped these together on purpose because we all know that in the Christian church, what is supposed to be our call word, which is supposed to separate us from everybody else is love. We understand that God loves us infinitely and unconditionally. We understand that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ and that we are then supposed to love our enemies, to love everybody else, to love even people that disagree with, even people who are of different team persuasions than we are, even people who live in different places, even people uh, who don't love us. We're supposed to love all of them. And the way we do that is through self-control, because we're not naturally going to want to love these people. Again, like I've said throughout tonight, our nature is to dislike people. Our nature is to push people away. Our nature is to be selfish. Our nature is to be ambitious. And so we have to have that self-control. And self-control is learning to not give in to temptation, not just temptation to sin, but temptation to judge, temptation to hate, temptation to rank, temptation to live by a checklist, temptation to be like everybody else, all of these temptations. And the only way to get better at self-control is to learn, to grow. Uh, When I was a kid, probably about 14, 15, I had a huge anger problem. And I would just get mad all of the time. And it's not that I never feel anger now, uh, especially driving, but it's not that I never feel anger now. Um, But I got so mad one time, my cousin was over and he got the the cool baseball cards out of the Frosted Flakes box. And I wanted them. And so I went out and I was going to confront him. And I slammed my hand through the glass of the garage door and I got a cut on my wrist. Uh, and I realized there, I got a problem with anger, like, and that leads to self-control. Uh, once I realized that, it wasn't, boom, I suddenly don't have a problem with anger. I had to start working on it. I had to start quelling my temper. I had to start realizing, okay, why am I mad about this? What is the problem? I need to take a pause. I need to stop. And it took a long, long time. Um, and that's self-control. It's not something that you can be like, oh, I'm going to really get good at patience. I'm going to really get good at resisting temptation. I'm going to really get good at being generous. I'm going to really get good at, at loving people. And then, you know, 
It's like New Year's resolutions. When you don't make it in the first week, it's like, I give up. No, you have to keep doing it every day. And some days you're going to succeed and some days you're going to fail, but you keep trying and you learn and you grow and you do better and you help others. And that's self-control. And that self-control brings us peace in our lives. Not peace in terms of nothing bad ever happens, but peace in knowing no matter what we face, Jesus loves us. No matter what we face, we have this relationship with him. We have this identity in him. We can't ever lose that because his love will never leave us. And so that peace Peace brings us the ability to love other people because he loves us. That's the whole point of this series. That's the whole point of this Christian life. That's the whole concept of the Infinity War. We're always going to feel the desire to go against this. But because we have him, because we identify ourselves as him, because we grow, we learn, we try every day, we take that love and we show it to everybody else. And that's what we have to do. I realize that if you look around the world at every Christian, this is not something that happens all the time. And it sucks, but it is life because everybody is human. So instead of looking at that and being like, well, never going to get better, we have to make ourselves better because all we can do is help ourselves and make ourselves grow and get closer to him. And then through that, hopefully our example will help other people and it will spread out kind of like a zombie plague of love, which would be really cool. And so that's what we have to do is try. Look at the fruit of the Spirit. Look at what you struggle with. Look at what you can get better with. Look at what other people know that you don't and learn, grow, help. Be more like Jesus every day. Do better tomorrow than you did today. Do better today than you did yesterday, etc. But just keep trying. Keep being who you are and keep being like Jesus. That's all I